Good to see everybody this morning. Jesus is on the throne. He's not nervous. He's not stuttering. He's got the control box right in front of him. And we're on the screen with him. Hallelujah. <laughs> so glad you're here this morning again. I just, uh, it, hey, we got a little break out there, a little bit, uh, a little bit warmer, right? You know, I almost forgot something. I'm sure glad that somebody remembered it. Let me make sure I pull the right one out of here. That's, that's, my, babe, that's my favorite one right there. I believe uh, I'm going to do two today. Y'all must have liked my jokes from last week. I, I saw a couple of posts on Facebook. <laughs> now I know how to get you all posted on Facebook. <laughs> Maybe I just stand up here and do a dance or something like that and you really get with it. A husband and wife were driving through Louisiana as they approached Nacogdoches, they, you didn't think I could say that, did you? They started arguing about the pronunciation of the town. They argued back and forth, then they stopped for lunch. At the counter, the husband asked the waitress, before we order, could you please settle an argument for us? Would you please pronounce where we are very slowly? So she leaned over the counter and said, Burger King. <laughs> this is what I really like. An old man lived alone in Ireland. He wanted to dig his potato garden, but it was very hard work. His only son, who would have helped him, was in prison for bank robbery. The old man wrote a letter to his son and mentioned his predicament. Shortly, he received this reply. For heaven's sakes, Dad, don't dig up that garden. That's where I buried the money. <laughs> At 4 a.m. the next morning, a dozen policemen showed up and dug up the entire garden without finding any money. Confused, the old man wrote another note to his son telling him what happened and asking him what to do next. His son's reply was, now plant your potatoes, Dad. It's the best I can do from here. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> he knew they'd be reading his note. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We're going to switch things around a little bit. Um, last week we shared on the synergy of the ages and brought it up to a time of prayer and I said that we'd be doing part two this week. We're going to shove it one more week further. I believe it's very important that we take advantage of some things that all of us need to be aware of and maybe help us handle things a little bit better, uh, what's going on outside of here. So I want to make some, um, some comments on the abortion issue. And um, this, uh, you need to stay with me on it, okay, till the end because uh, this is, there's a lot of uh, misinformation. There's a lot of um, things that people haven't really looked, like and looked at and taken consideration. I'm not saying I know it all, I don't. But I do know quite a bit of it because I've studied for a number of years. And then the recent things that have happened, 
There are a lot of uh, aggravated people, a lot of disappointed people, a lot of people shouting, hallelujah, praise the Lord. There's all kinds of different ways to process something like this. And we're going to process it with the mindset from the Bible. And I know that that doesn't upset anybody in here. You wouldn't be here. We'd already run you off before. We're going to take it biblically in perspective and look at this and remember we believe in sharing the truth and love, okay? We're not going to, we're not here to condemn anybody at all, because if we start condemning other people, huh, we're going to be condemned. So what we believe God for is something great to come out of this season, and in my opinion, it could go either way. Just because this has been struck down, that's a, that's a great thing because Roe v. Wade should have never been there in the first place because it's not a federal constitution, it's a local matter. It's a state, state by state. And that's the reason they struck it down. Abortion has not been done away with. It's the choice of the states. And so each state will have a different rule, different laws, different regulations, different thoughts on it. And so I want to kind of take us through this. And I guess just up front, let me unload this and say, you know, Oklahoma passed a bill fairly recently uh, that basically outlaws abortion, except it does make room for medical emergencies, which is basically the mother's life. It makes room for incest uh, and rape is so long as those have been reported to the proper authorities uh, previously. So it makes those provisions. So there are a lot of people that want to hold that back. I personally don't, but a lot of people do, and I understand that. And I tell you what, if we leave that 3 to 3.5%, three which is what that encompasses, rape, incest, mother's life, if we th leave that as a, an ability to to have abortions will knock out 96.5% of all the other ones. So rape, incest, uh, and the mother's life are, are, are rare. Um, but, but, you know, I understand people that says we need those provisions, so we're not going to get into that. We're in agreement with what the law of Oklahoma is, which is much more in, inclined with the Bible than what it has been for the last years, decades. So I feel great about living in a state like Oklahoma where we actually have people, a lot of people, who believe in life. And, and that's what's important. But there's a lot of other issues along with this item. So uh, let's just kind of dig into it and um, stick with me, hear, hear me closely. And um, I, I'm, I'm always open for feedback. The striking of Roe v. Wade did not strike down abortion. Constitutionally, it gave the governance to the individual states, as it should. Uh, understand, you know, nationally, this is a hot topic. It's controversial, to say the least. Um, I've spoken about this before, briefly, from time to time. Did one message not too long ago about it, somewhat. But this is different now that the Supreme Court of the land has taken a different position than earlier courts have. And I have a responsibility to address it, so I'm going to do it. Uh, you have a pastor 
who doesn't back away from sharing the truth, the best I know it. I will not apologize for sharing what God says in his word. I will not do that by gr the grace of God. And I do hope that you believe that, and if you don't, we'll stay with us, and you will. Because that's what sets us free is the truth of God. And it's so important to God that he called the Holy Spirit the spirit of truth, and he called Jesus truth. <laughs> Jesus said, I am the truth. And so our society has taken the truth, objective truth, and buried it somewhere behind a tree. And what we have a responsibility of doing is bringing it out in the open and sharing it with people in a way that they may be able to accept it, to receive it, and to bring it close to their heart. And everything we say and everything we do shall not be done instantly, but it's our responsibility to share the love of Jesus with people and to help them because the truth of God is the best thing for them. I remember Jamie Buckingham wrote a book some years ago. He said, uh, the truth will make you free, but it will hurt for a little bit. <laughs> Something like that. And it, it, it does. I mean, the truth can be sharp. That's his purpose. It penetrates the heart, dividing asunder spirit and soul. So um, we want to we wanna go in for that today. Um, the subheading for next week is how to stand in times of adversity. And we're taking it from what we shared last week, the synergy of the ages, and we'll connect the two of them. I, again, I just felt like it was important that we talk about this subject today. But there are, are things going on, and when we're word-believing, spirit-filled people, we can stand in the times of adversity, and we can be the salt and the light that we're supposed to be to the world that is around us. We can help our young people to grow up uh, in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We can help see God's hand upon this country, and all God wants us to do is repent and turn to Him. That's all He wants us to do. And he will heal our land. He will pour out his spirit upon us. God is not done with America. God is not through with us. God is on our side, or should I say, we're on God's side. Yeah, Abraham Lincoln mentioned that one time. Somebody said, well, a president, or, or uh, is God on our side? And he said, I'm just praying that we're on his side. And uh, that's the way that we, we want to look at it. So how to stand in times of adversity, the synergy of the ages, part two, next week. I will keep my word with you and not go political as much as possible. But if you will understand that politic, politics is rhetoric and it does not, the, the issue at hand does not necessarily constitute a political issue because it's not, not intended to be that way. Um, but abor abortion is much larger, the subject is, than politics. And anytime we start that political mundrun, a modgepodge of different things, everybody gets lost in it. And so when we stay in the truth of God's Word, then it will be a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. Amen? Y'all with me this morning? Everybody smiling? Okay.
Uh, it's obvious that as a Christian, we always must support innocent life. It's close to the Father's heart. For a moment, you put your heart next to His and think what it would be like creating humans, having them extinguishing each other continually. All life is important. But innocent life is essential to protect for whatever reason. Sacrificing life, innocent life, to gain favor from the gods, as we read about in the Old Testament, and is still done in places on the earth today, or to gain the favor of convenience. They're not acceptable. And that's what this issue basically boils down to. All too often we hear the enemy, the enemy whisper something like, is it really a baby? Or when will it be a baby? Well, that's back to the garden. That's back to the garden when Adam and Eve wanted to declare themselves as God knowing good and evil. In other words, to establish their own good and evil. And we see that in the world all over the place today. Well, I think this, and this person says, I think this, and this person says, I think this, and this person says, I think this. And that takes all of us down. It brings society down. It brings the church down. There's people in progressive Christianity today that those two words shouldn't be in the same sentence. They're deconstructing so they can reconstruct to something that's different. They take the cross out of the picture. They give another excuse for it. You know, well, the cross was there so that we would learn to empathize with those that are downtrodden. Well, we, we ought to have a compassion for those who are downtrodden. We ought to be moved with compassion. But that's not the reason that Jesus went to the cross. He went to the cross as the payment for sins, like we sang in the last song, to pay the, the price that you and I couldn't afford to pay that we had to be able to pay to be able to have eternal life with God in heaven. There are even pastors. I have a friend of mine on Facebook who posted one from a, a pastor who it had a lot of comments on it that he, they added. This pastor said, I'm a pro-choice pastor. Well, you know, how can you read the Bible and come up with that's my question. How can you get that out of the Bible? Because the Bible, to me, is all about life. And that abortion is not life. It's death. And that makes it so important. Now, like I said, there are other things that come up. And so I want to read something that I posted on Facebook. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's not R-rated, but it's close to it. It's not on the church Facebook. It's on mine personally. And I want to read something that somebody else posted that brings up another area here. Um, so y'all still love me? Okay. <clears throat> I posted this on Facebook, and I don't apologize for it. Congratulations, Joe Biden. 
you've just given the most evil speech of any American president ever. And if you heard his last speech, it is earth-shaking. Your comments and depictions are full of lies, errors, and ignorance, simply plain evil. Precious lives of millions of American babies, as well as their mothers, can now be protected with the striking down of the unconstitutional ruling of Roe v. Wade. This includes egregious attempts of racism disproportionately associated with the heinous deaths of innocent black babies. Furthermore, the focal topic of the creator of life, life itself, can be perpetuated. One question remains, what will your state decide? And I just used two verses. There's a plethora of verses that I could have added. But I wanted just to use these. They're, they're familiar to a lot of you. But they're so important that we look at them in light of today. The first one says, This day I call heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, and hold fast to him. That's Deuteronomy 13, 30, 19, and the first part of 20. Deuteronomy 30, 19, 20. And then in the New Testament, we read Jesus speaking, saying, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And the word life in the Greek is zoe, which is the God kind of life. Not human life, not plant life, not anything else but the God kind of life. So he brought to us the fullness of the potential of life here in this life. And zoe life, the life of God, includes eternity. Now, I read you my Facebook. Here's a post from a lady of a church that I'm an overseer, and she posted this and um, there's a response to mine. And I, just think it's, I think it's very well worth reading. I had three other comments, and those comments were all very short and in agreement. I didn't know how it was going to go, but that's the way it's gone so far. She said, I just wish that there were laws put in place to protect the living children as well as the unborn. We're losing our living children in massive numbers and nothing is being done on a massive scale. They deserve the same protection and concern as the unborn. There shouldn't be a difference. Their little precious lives matter as well as the unborn. We fight for the right to bring them in the world just to sit back and watch them die. To die in mass shootings, which you hear no one speak up for them, how many more have to die before we see that we are not fighting for all children to live? In the womb, out of the womb, she says wound, not womb, but anyway, you say they are all breathing, so let's protect them all. This is a win for the unborn, but a death sentence for the living. How can we as a nation choose what child has the right to live? And no matter how you look at it, what's being done? They're so wrong in so many ways. We should fight for the right of all children to live their lives. So what's wrong in so many ways? 
we should fight for the right for all children to live their lives. Where is the love? We want to wrong to make, excuse me, we want to, we want to unborn, to, we want the unborn, she means, to live and when they're, and they're, when they are the buck stops there. I don't know how this is right. It's wrong to make sure that they get here and then nothing is being done to protect their lives afterwards. It's too inhumane. Now, you listen to the heart of that lady and you know very well that she has an awareness of kids of all ages and of all the other things that are going on. That is, there's no denying about that. She has a, a good point in that. Now, to say that we're not doing anything about it, I think is wrong. I don't think that's complete. I think there's a lot of things. And, and I think that um, we, but we need to consider everything because it's all serious. We've got a, a pandemic of teenage suicide in this country, okay? And they, a lot of those, if they had been, well, all of those, if they'd been aborted, they wouldn't be making suicide, would they? So what I, what I want you to see is that there are a lot of things that are put into the top of the funnel, and we need to see what's coming out and weigh with it what's going on, because there's too many things that are said that are confusing that are handled, two different subjects that we need to handle both of them. Um, there, there are things that can be done, and there are things that are being done on all of these. Now, when the Roe v. Wade stopped, Oklahoma had a law in place, and I've already mentioned that. Also, it's very important to know that we live in a state that's proactive. We have a proactive legislature for the most part and certainly a, a governor uh, who, who's that way. Um, we get the right page here. I returned her post with this one. And folks, you can do things on Facebook or social media that everybody can be civil. This lady's civil. I'm civil, I think. Um, I, I, I think that's what has to happen. We have to have conversations. We have to be able to look somebody that didn't have the exact same thought we do, or maybe that has an additional thought or additional something to add that's worth consideration. We need to be willing to accept the things that are truth. So this is, this is bringing in a reconciliation. I return the following. Thank you, and I put her name in there for your post. You bring up a different point, but a most worthy one. I do not have the time to present to research the time at present to pre, to research your comments thoroughly, but here are some statistical points. In 2021, there were 3.6 million births in the U.S. There were over 900,000 abortions, of which 96.5 to 97 were elective decisions. This means for something other than rape, incest, or the mother's life. In 2020, the latest that I could find, there were 4,300 firearm deaths of children and adolescents. One-third of those were suicide. The rest were accidental or homicide. Black males were disproportionately murdered among groupings. Auto accidents were the second cause and one of the greatest uh, and with the greatest rise soon to take over the top spot, in my opinion, is drug overdoses. All of these are serious, 
It's simply true that the difference in numbers is more than huge. So you have 4,300 that died by firearms. You have 900,000 plus that died in abortion. So needless to say, the statistics show there's a huge difference in the number of deaths. But one death is too many. And we'll never have one death, and that's all. But we can sure go for it. Just like the poor Jesus said, you'll have them with you always. There's always going to be evil in the world. But we need to put it under our feet the best we can. And that doesn't mean that we stop and say, oh, well, it's always going to be evil. No. There's going to be evil. That means that we need to be ready for it. We need to counteract it. There are people right now destroying pregnancy centers in America because they're mad about Roe v. Wade and they're saying that they've taken away the right for abortion. Well, the truth of it is it's left to the state. And most states have some kind of laws in place, and the rest of them will real quickly. You can bet it one way or the other. This, so this overall conversation about abortion is a lot bigger than just Roe v. Wade's no longer in existence. First of all, it's time to celebrate. And we should celebrate, especially living in a time of Oklahoma. Um, and like I say, said earlier, this demands immediate attention. As a Christian, we have a responsibility to know what's going on. The, the, the sons of Issachar, it tells us in the Old Testament, knew the signs of the days. And we don't need to stick our head in the sand like an ostrich. We need to bring it out and be in the light and be the light so that we can help others that may not read this thing as closely or as understanding as well or, or specifically. There is no federal law that says anything anymore about abortion, okay? It's the states that must take the choice. Why is this? Because abortion is not in the Constitution. And the Tenth Amendment says everything. It's not empowered to the federal government. It's empowered to the states. The federal government, it has grown so huge. And it... It doesn't do anything very effectively. If you don't believe that, just take a look at welfare and how much it costs to operate the system. It, they, they don't do anything well financially. I'm not saying there's something wrong with welfare. I'm saying there's something wrong with the way it's administered. Okay? Well, that's another topic for another day. It is because immediate attention presents an immediate opportunity. An immediate attention to this matter presents an immediate opportunity. It brings up the question, who do you love? Who do you really love? Do you love your neighbor as yourself? Now, I know there's people probably in this room, and there's people on the video that we're doing that'll be on YouTube and our website that have had an abortion, that have been, maybe it's a male that has been a part of that decision-making process, or maybe he wasn't. Folks, we've got good news today. Nobody's being put down. There's not a single person at the sound of my voice or anywhere else on planet Earth that hasn't sinned, that hasn't done against God one way or the other. If you've stolen a postage stamp, that makes you a thief. Come on. I remember stealing a whole roll of them when I was in college. Makes me a thief. 
But when I came to Jesus, his blood sacrifice wiped that slate clean. Praise God. I was just a dumb young kid that needed some stamps. And I had encouragement from one of the guys that worked with me. We'll just get all you want out of that drawer. Oh, okay, so I do all the time. I did it once. I wasn't saved then, but I sure felt like hell, which is good. Ah, what did I do? I work here. I'm supposed to help this company, not take from them. I heard a couple of me's real faint somewhere in the background. Plans to initiate. This, these things are what's important. That we, we're going to pray. That's the reason we didn't pray a while ago. We're going to pray as a group for our country, for our state, for our families, for the church. The church is the one that should be standing up and declaring the righteous word of God. The church is the one that has the answers. The church is the one that has the power from on above to be that which we can't be ourselves. The church is the one that's supposed to love people to tell them the truth. The church is the one that's supposed to be able to help an unwed uh, a mother who needs help and, and needs direction and needs somebody to get her through the process one way or the other. Is there a, a person that'll help her? Is there a family that'll take in an unwed mother and let that child come to life and then uh, whatever the mother's choice is there, that's when her choice starts. Do I want to give it away to somebody or do I want to raise it? There's plenty of people that'll take precious young babies. There's plenty of people that will take precious young babies and are help a mother who needs to be helped. We need to be able to take and help them. Praise God. Number one, Plans to initiate, we need to recognize this is a call of God. It's not the call for the pastor, pastors, for somebody else on the other side of the aisle. It's a call of God. Life is expected out of our mouths, out of our actions by our Father God. So it's a call. That doesn't mean that you go up and down the street and you have to ask people, anybody pregnant here, I want to take you home with. That doesn't mean that. But it means you need to be willing to be willing or whatever it is. You know, there are people that sponsor financially. There are people that actually bring unwed mothers into their homes. You need to be called to do that. But if you're called to do it, please do it. And we'll help you as a church too. And if nothing else, let's help that young mother or any, maybe it's a married couple that doesn't know what to do, that they're young and they're starting out and they're, they're in trouble. We'll find a way to help them, one way or the other. And that includes you on YouTube. That's our privilege. That's our opportunity. That's what we get to do as Christians is to love our neighbor. Number two, it's the proper constitutional reading. So it's, this is, the United States was founded upon this belief. I'm going to read just a little bit of the Declaration of Independence. Abraham Lincoln said the Declaration of Independence is the gold picture with the silver frame around it, which is the Constitution. If the silver constitution is a frame around 
the gold declaration of independence. It points back to it. It's what gave us freedom and what says this is our purpose. It says, with respect, to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. Is the life in the womb part of God's plan? Oh my gosh. Multiply and replenish the earth. We hold these truths to be self-evident. That means they're written on our heart. Nobody has to slap anybody upside the head and say, wake up. Well, maybe that's <clears throat> allegorically kind of good, but that's, these are self-evident. We know that life is life and death is death, whether we admit it or not. We know that we help life. We know it's wrong to tantalize toddlers. How about one in the womb? We hold these truths to be self-evident and that all men, which means mankind, are created equal. Abraham Lincoln used this to free slaves. And we need to take the same picture today for babies. And by the way, I think I've, I've already, I'll put it in here, but anyway, there were one out of five babies last year that was conceived was aborted. In some states, half of the black babies were aborted. That's the reason I put the word racist in a while ago. That's so sad. Half. I did a sermon months ago that gave statistics and what the total black population would be in America if it wasn't for abortion. Very close to doubling what it is today. Because those aborted babies would have had babies. Folks, we've got to wake up. We can't let this stuff go on. In the Old Testament was the spirit of Moloch presenting babies to this piece of trash that they called a god, sacrificing the children. The Aztecs had a process they went through, letting a 12, 13-year-old boy stay in with the families of the tribe one or two weeks leading up to his next birthday and a celebration for the community as he would walk up the pyramid to the top where the witch doctor was. Who would place him on a platform, take out a knife and cut out his heart while he's still alive. Hold it up to the gods. What is better about burning a baby alive in the womb or even given a pill that it's released from the body the next day. Or maybe ripped apart with the vacuum cleaner. You think my words are bad, you ought to see some pictures of some of this stuff. 
They have no heart to do something like that. That's not a medical procedure. It's a slaughter. So we know it's a call of God. We know that it's a constitutional responsibility. There is no such thing when it comes to birth about a right to kill. There's no such thing as that. In the Constitution, there's certainly no such thing out in the Bible. We've gone back to the garden, declaring what's right, trying to get out of an immediate thing. I read a quote just recently. I don't remember. It was some well-known person that lived years ago, and he said something like, the greatest trials in life present the greatest celebrations because of the pain they went through to get there. Raising a child that somebody doesn't want can be a great pain in the gazoot. But it can be the most tremendous victory. Just ask Tim Tebow's mother when the doctor tried to convince her to get an abortion. Encouraged her to get an abortion. This baby's not going to be right. Heisman Trophy winner. Number three, we will not be caught guilty of rubbing it in the face of anyone. God forbid that we don't have compassion for those who have committed abortions or who have had an abortion. We're not rubbing anything in anybody's face. We're not saying we're better than they are. We're not saying that they're bad people. We're saying that you are in need of forgiveness. And that's number four. Forgiveness is only found in Jesus Christ for past sins. There is no other way. And last time I checked, he's the Lord of the universe. There's forgiveness. If you've had five abortions, Oprah, there's forgiveness for you in Jesus Christ. It's not a trophy, as you would say it. It's forgiveness is found for you. I remember one time praying with a lady who had had an abortion. She had five kids later. <laughs> Take that, devil. <laughs> Number five, we in the church are ministers of reconciliation. There are no others except the body of Christ who want to reconcile people to God and reconcile us to each other. He's made of all nations one people by his blood. I know this is a heavy subject. Normally that brings a rouse of applause. 
<laughs> That's okay. We want to repent to God and others. We probably should have seen some things in our lives, especially those of you that are here of years and older. <laughs> I have a few of those in my bucket. Probably could have done some things we didn't do. Just repent of it. Take it serious, but repent of it. Jesus forgives us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful to cleanse our sins. Excuse me, forgive our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 9. All unrighteousness is forgiven by the blood of the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. And there will be forgiveness for them for their past transgressions, for their present transgressions, for their future transgressions, so they can grow up and be a meaningful person in the, in the life of the Lord God, in the church of God, in our country or state or wherever they belong, that they don't carry that burden all the way through their lives, that they get the relief, the freedom that Jesus Christ and only He can bring. As he has forgiven us, we will bring others into that moment of forgiveness. That's our job. That's our purpose. Whoever sins you remit shall be remitted. Let them go. Let them go. We don't need to fight each other. We don't need to call each other names. We don't need to firebomb pregnancy centers. Most women who get a sonogram keep their child, who were planning on not keeping their child. Can we tell this? Can we tell people the truth? See, right there alone, I know people that I've told the truth about abortion. And they've changed from what they thought to what they believe now. Why? Because they really hadn't thought about it. Dear Jesus, 63 plus million babies since Roe v. Wade slaughtered at the hands of convenience. I hadn't thought about it. I tell you what, most people believe they're done because it's the life of the mother, rape, or incest, and it's just that little bitty percentage, three to three and a half percent. We need to let people know. We will share the truth of Jesus Christ and the love of Jesus Christ. We join in with other sinners like what we were and we'll welcome them with arms open wide. That's the good news for you. That's the good news that Jesus saves, makes alive, forgives, clears the past, and opens the door to heaven. That's the good news. Too much time we're involved in happy, clappy sermons and how to be a better this or better that or how to cook a hot dog or some kind of junk when we need to be out there with people that we're in contact with anyway, just sharing truth with them, helping them up, encouraging them, giving them what the Bible says about things without slamming it in their face. We just want to do it in love. That's what changes things. Anybody ever call Jesus too mean? And he whoops some guys too. Number seven, we will do all we can to help expecting mothers in their trials of life. 
We will do all we can for expectant mothers in their trial of life. Amen. We're going to put feet to this tongue. Number eight, and we're going to do this in a few minutes. We will pray for others in a meaningful and empathic way. Do we have compassion? Will we move off our duffs and get out and help them in a meaningful way? Will we give them a word of encouragement? We, if you come across somebody and you don't know what to do, well, let's talk about it. There's other people in this church that can help. And you certainly have some pastors that care about it. Good gosh, to save a life of a baby, we'll jump over backwards. And I mean it. It's important. I've been in jail before for an abortion stand-up, so I, I don't care. Two people got saved, and I led to the Lord. Two other people, somebody else got saved, led to the Lord, and two women kept their babies. That's a heaven of a day in jail. <laughs> Thank you, Dallas, Texas. <laughs> I love it. We will pray for others in a meaningful, empathic way. We believe God this is a door opening for revival. Now, to say the worst, a lot of you know, and some of you probably don't know, I believe it was the governor of North Carolina or Virginia. Virginia. I believe. I'm not going to be emphatic on that. I know it was a state right along there. Previous governor. I don't think he's there anymore. Maybe he is. I'm not sure. You know, Kelly? What I'm talking about? Brad, you know? Okay. He said, when the mother gives birth to the baby, we'll take the baby out, make sure that it's comfortable, place it on the table, and the mother and the doctor can talk about whether they should let it go on living or not. And if they choose not to, we'll find a very peaceful, quiet way to cease that for them. Well, that's when the Marine Corps wants to come out of me. I can't believe that people are that heinous. A living body right there. And some states will try to pass bills like that. I promise you. Now, the weapons of warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. And we can use those. It's weapons, and we should thank God daily that we've got a, a bill that agrees basically with the Bible in this state, but there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be tempted to go to another state and have an abortion, so abortion is not done away with. It's still out there. All they have to do is drive to another state, and part of the... Uh, one of the, I think it was Kavanaugh justice said that, that that should not be hindered. We don't have the right to tell somebody they can't go from one state to the next, even if it's the wrong purpose. Which constitutionally he's correct, of course. So people can still get them. But we will not have that blood on our hands in this state. Praise God. Now again, I'm I know that this is a heavy subject, 
But we're not going to back away from it in any way whatsoever. We recognize this issue as a call of God. It's the proper constitutional reading. We will not be guilty of rubbing anything in the face of somebody. Forgiveness is only found in Jesus Christ for past sins. There's no other way. We are the ministers of reconciliation. We're the salt, the light. The light switch needs to be turned on. The salt shaker needs to be empty. <laughs> we'll repent to God and others. We'll be there for them for past transgressions, present transgressions, future transgressions. He's forgiven us. We'll bring others into the moment of forgiveness. Number six, we shall share the truth of Jesus Christ and the love of Jesus Christ. Number seven, we will do all we can to help expecting mothers in their trials of life. And number eight, we'll pray for others in a meaningful and empathic way. We believe God for a huge door of revival. Let's enter into a time of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you for this day you've given us. We thank you for what you've done in this country in the last days about this horrendous, heinous uh, decision that has been running the country so far, so downward for so many years. But we also know, Lord God, that it's not over. There's still a war to be won. There's still lives to be saved. There's still children that, that need the upbringing and the nurture and admonition of the Lord. The body of Christ must stand up and be that exceeding great army that we read about in Ezekiel. We must do what we're called to do. It's a matter of life and death. We thank you, Lord God, that there are nurses and doctors and teachers and educators and car salesmen and trash uh, people and uh, technicians and Everything we can think of <coughs> who are being murdered in the womb. Scientists with new answers. Rocket sciences, new things. Mommies and daddies who want to have their own children. We ask you to forgive us, Father. We are called by your name. Ask for forgiveness as we turn from our wicked ways. Call upon the name of Jesus. Ask you, Father God, to forgive us. We ask you to forgive the people that have committed these heinous sins, that, God, they see what it is, that they would come to you as a revelation of life and be born again by your Spirit, that you would win the hearts and lives of people. We thank you that you're raising up ministers of reconciliation, <clears throat> you're raising up people to speak the word of God in truth with love. We thank you, Lord God, that we as the body of Christ ask you, Lord God, to empower us, to prepare our tongues as a penitent ready writer that we may speak the very oracles of God. We ask you, Father God, to give us the unction to function. We ask you, Lord God, that you through us, move us with compassion that we can see the downtrodden. We can see the hurting. We can see those who've been afflicted. We can see those who, even from the past things of God that there's a hurt in their soul. And God, I thank you that we can bring the deliverance to them by the 
the Holy Spirit that they need. We walk not by the flesh. We walk by the Spirit. And those who are the sons of God walk by the Spirit, live by the Spirit, endued with the Spirit, filled with the Spirit for the things of God that you breathe the very breath upon us and fill us with yourself, God. We thank you, Father, that we have an opportunity we haven't had in this country for decades. It goes back into the last millennium, as a matter of fact. We thank you, Lord God, that we don't sit by and do nothing, that we stand up with righteous indignation. Your word says in John 6 that we need to judge with righteous judgment. And we thank you, Lord God, that we'll do that. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to convict the world of sin, the sin of unbelief upon you, with the sin, God, that we have done, the things that we've done, that people have done. We thank you, Lord God, that the, the, the prince of this world has been judged. We thank you, Lord God, that Jesus has gone to the throne doing everything that was necessary for us to be able to do everything that's necessary for us. We thank you for paving the road in this day and time to righteous life, to justice, to freedom to release the captives, to release the oppressed, to release those people who've been held down by intimidation and by wrong thinking and by the enemy in the name of Jesus. We thank you that precious babies come to life in this country. We thank you, Lord, for tearing down the strongholds in the various states that would try to implement things that would be stricter than what Oklahoma has. We thank you that Oklahoma is a shining star in this country when it comes to this issue. And we thank you, Lord God, that you've placed that certain importance of that upon us. And we thank you and praise you that the young people in this state can grow up. And we thank you, Father God, that you're doing the things, same things in other states in this country. And that life will be chosen Life will be chosen. We choose life in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, your word says in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, Father, it says, and if my people, and if my people, and if my people, and if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, will humble themselves, We don't think our opinion and our way of looking at it is the ultimate plan and that that's the way it should go. Father, we fall down on our face in our hearts and if we have to with our bodies, Lord, and we cry out to you, Lord, Father, we are so needful of you. So we humble ourselves, Father. Hallelujah. We break open, as it were, our hearts and fall before you. And we ask, Father, for your forgiveness. We repent of these wicked ways of thinking, of our own selfishness, Lord. Hallelujah. We pray to you, Father. We restore that move of communion with you, Father, where we speak to you and you speak to us about life, about what life really is, what it means Hallelujah. Help shift our thinking so that it's more and more in line with you, with what you say 
in Jesus' name. Not what the world says, Father. Strip us, Father God, of that way of thinking that, that we have to be like the world and that we have to do it the way the world does it. But that, Father, that the walls that have been made in our lives that have come from the world's way of doing things, those walls to come crashing down, Father, where our hope is in you, the walls that in our lives are built by you. The foundation is built upon love. Hallelujah. Father, we humble ourselves. We pray. We seek your face. We don't seek the world. That's not the way you created us, Lord. We seek you and you alone, Father, in Jesus' name. And we turn from these wicked ways. Father, it is so, uh, we're so used to hearing what your word says, and then we turn right back around, we go our own way. Father, stir us in such a way, hallelujah, that we cannot hold on any longer to those wicked ways, that we will choose life. We will choose life. We will choose that which ushers in and brings life, Father, in Jesus' name. Your word says, then you will hear from heaven. You will forgive sin. And you will even heal the land itself. Father, we love that. But Father, we've got to love all of that. Hallelujah. We've got to embrace, Father, humbling. We've got to embrace, hallelujah, praying again. We've got to embrace seeking your face. We have to embrace turning from our wicked ways. Hallelujah. And so, Father, we thank you and praise you. Your word declares, hallelujah, from uh, the book of Matthew. It says, you, we are the light of the world. We are a city set on a hill. And we've been trying to hide. When it comes to difficult things, if it comes to issues that are a little bit sensitive, we've almost been trained, according to the world, to shut up about it. Don't say anything. Don't respond. But Father, your word says that we are set on a hill and we cannot be hidden. We don't light a lamp and then hide under it. But we... Okay, put it on a lampstand so that it can shine bright so that others may see it. It gives light to everyone. It gives light to all those who are contemplating giving up life. It's, it's shining light to them, Father. Those who are thinking about an abortion, those who are thinking of ending life in some way, Father. Lord, we are light. We're not hiding it. Hallelujah. Let your light, we're going to let our light so shine before men, before all. Why? So that they will see the things we're doing. Like Pastor Dan shared, Father, the activation of this body in Jesus' name to begin to work, uh, do the things that are in line with your word that will promote life. Those things that will promote it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. They will see it. 
the world will see it and glorify the Father who is in heaven. Revival will come. Revival. That if I be lifted up, Jesus said, I will what? Draw all men to myself. Hallelujah. We thank you and praise you, Father, for that. In Jesus' holy name. Asaka manamanesete. Pastor Dan had said, if you have had an abortion, you are forgiven. Hallelujah. And I feel condemnation. So right now, we're going to declare what the word says. Romans says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit, hallelujah, the law of the spirit has set you free. Jesus went to the cross to set you free. So we speak to every spirit of condemnation for anything in the past. And we commanded to release its hold off these people in the name of Jesus. I declare and decree by the word of God that you are free. Whom the son has set free is free indeed. Do not listen to the condemnation of the enemy, the accuser of the brethren anymore. He has no voice in the name of Jesus. You are free. Condemnation go and never return in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And there was a struggle with fear. Uh, some of us have been struggling with the fear of this whole thing and other things happening all around us. And we feel a fear trying to move in. Father, we break off all fear, all angst, all anxiety, that fear of the unknown of what's going to happen next. Father, we place our trust in you. Our trust is in you, not in what's going on around us. Father, we thank you that our trust, our hope, our strength, our anchor is in you. We are a body who is beginning, hallelujah, to rise to the occasion like we have been praying in these prayer times. We are beginning to rise into our position. And the old way of doing things doesn't like it. But Father, we are moving past what we feel like our emotions, Lord, and we're moving into what your word declares that we are. We are, according to your word, we are pillars and buttresses of truth. We stand as pillars and buttresses of truth regarding the issues that are at hand, including abortion in Jesus' name. You have called us to stand firm unmoved, hallelujah, in Jesus' mighty name. We will love, we will speak the truth in love. Hallelujah, in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah, amen? Amen, hallelujah. Hallelujah. <clears throat> amen, praise God. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap, praise God. Amen. Hey, uh, I forgot to do this. I was supposed to do it first. Brad told me, Kelly told me, I told me. Anyway, you remember Father's Day, we gave all the fathers and the non-father males 
uh, a little box of scripture cards that you are studying each week. You take one card out and you read it and you put it in your pocket for that week. And then on Monday, you read it, put it back in your pocket, and on Tuesday, you pull it out, okay, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, until you've memorized the whole box in a year. That's how you eat an elephant, one steak at a time. Now, we have promises from God for the prettier sect. (laughs) So, ladies, yours are different verses than the men. So, at the end of each month, we'll have all the men and all the women stand up and record their verses. And if you know Jesus and you have your scriptures memorized, you get to go to heaven. Okay. I don't know where that's in the word. <laughs> so, uh, they're going to be back here at the back on the table. They're $1,000 a box. No. Mandatory love gift of only $50. They're free to each person here. The ladies get the pretty one with the flowers. The guys get the brown one. Okay, Brad says, the ladies are so much prettier. I said, well, okay, you're supposed to be. Because <laughs> they're prettier than we are. Okay, I won't say any slide or jokes on the side of that one. But anyway... Uh, pick them up if you would. If you guys, most of you have them. If you don't have them, fellas, be sure and get one. And ladies, be sure and get one of these. Take them home with you. One uh, card a week and go that card repetitiously seven days a week. This is a way that I learned to memorize scripture. Okay? I used to have a, there's a ministry that sent out these cards every month and they'd send out four of them and I'd put them in my pocket and go, one, and then week two, I'd go one and two. And week three, I'd go one, two, and three. And week four, I'd go one, two, three, and four. And memorize scripture. So that's the way you eat an elephant. Thank you, Pastor Kelly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And if you were in my classroom, you would get a scripture every week, and you'd memorize it, and then I'd give you a test at the end of the week. Okay. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Everyone say offering. offering. Hallelujah. Root word of offering is what? To offer. To give. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm a school teacher. <laughs> so many people, they don't look at words and figure out, and you can do a root word and kind of figure out what the word means. Okay, so look at the root word. Okay, and the root word of offering is to offer. Okay, to give. Okay, uh, then it's Mark chapter 12, verses 13 through 17. We know that the, the chief priests and the teachers of the law and so forth, you know, they were going and finding ways to try and trap Jesus and get him in trouble so they could get rid of him. Sounds like people nowadays with trying to get rid of the children of God somehow, some way. Okay, well, here's another one. The, then the chief priests, religious scholars and leaders, sent a delegation of Pharisees together with some staunch supporters of Herod to entrap Jesus with his own words. So they approached him and said, Teacher, we know that you're an honest man of integrity and that you teach us the truth of God's ways. Well, we can clearly see that you're not one who speaks only to win the people's favor because you speak the truth without regard to the consequences. So tell us then, uh, what do you think? Is it proper for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? 
Jesus saw right through their hypocrisy and said to them, Why are you testing me? Show me one of the Romans' coins. They brought him a silver coin used to pay the tax. And he said, Now tell me, whose head is on this coin and whose inscription is stamped on it? Caesar's, they replied. Jesus said, Precisely. The coin bears the image of the emperor Caesar, so you shall, should pay the emperor his portion. But because you bear the image of God, you must give to God all that belongs to him. And they were utterly stunned by Jesus' words. I want you to be encouraged to give. Give of your tithes, give of your offerings. Hallelujah. Don't be one who's trying to find a way out of it or to try and point the finger at to accuse. Okay? But do what God's word says. Yield to it. That's part of the humbling. Okay? And, and understand what the truth says. Okay? Amen. Hallelujah. And then uh, don't forget some things that uh, uh, following us on Facebook. Following us on Facebook is really, really, really uh, an important thing that, that you can do uh, to uh, help us out is to follow us on Facebook. Like things, comment on them, you know, and so forth. And then this Wednesday, uh, which is July, June 29th, I'm trying to say July already. June 29th is week four of I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. And this week's uh, is going to be Does God Exist? The Origin of Life. Everyone say the origin of life. Hmm, where did life begin? I think we know. But sometimes maybe our emotions may not take us there. But we know the truth, don't we? 6.45 snacks and some fellowship time. And then 7 o'clock is when it officially begins. The class does. So join us. And then uh, again, the scripture boxes. They're there in the back. Okay, for each person, for you to uh, begin to work that and, and get those scriptures on the inside of you. Amen. Uh, and then four, we're looking for those who will take the children's class once a month. Okay, so uh, we love... Uh, uh, Monica Griffin and how God has done such a great work in and through her during those children's times back there. They need the word. And she is very efficient. Okay, She understands. She knows the word and she knows how to release and deliver it unto the, to those kids. We've seen children come to know the Lord okay, uh, so often as a result. So uh, we need others who will come and be a part of that at least once a month. So that uh, she can be in here. <laughs> if you would like to be a part of that, let me know. Come right straight to me and, and let me know. And uh, everyone, please stand. Uh, Pastor Dan shared it with me a couple days ago, and I just want to present it to the body of Christ. Okay, We're going to pray for Pastor Moses in Africa. He's looking for a, a car to drive around. Okay, and so let's believe for a car for him to drive around so he can get where he needs to go. He does a lot, okay? He does a lot, okay? And so, Father, we thank you for Moses, Father, Pastor Moses, that he, you have a car set and ready for him to accomplish and do what needs to be done. Father, we just thank you that it's placed into his hands, Father, and it's a blessing, Father, and we just thank you right now for the results of it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just lift up your hands and just say, Father... We thank you for your word. It's gone forth with power and clarity. 
I understand your word and I will take your word. I will digest your word, process it, and then release it throughout this week. I bless you. I thank you. I am light and I will be a God carrier. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give him a clap offering and you are released in Jesus name. If you need prayer, just come forward or uh, regarding the, the, the kids ministry. Amen.